Welcome to the Con Pod, a Star Trek convention podcast, a proud member of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Here is your host, Ron Robel. Hello, and welcome to the Con Pod, a Star Trek convention podcast. I'd like to start our show today by thanking the amazing guys over at Five Year Mission for the intro music you just heard. They put on a great show at Mission Chicago, and you can relive their music by getting their albums at fiveyearmission.net. This episode was recorded on Sunday, May 15th, 2022. As of recording, we are 102 days from the 56-year mission in Las Vegas, Nevada. Currently, all ticket tiers, except for gold tickets, are available for the convention. Uh, Gold tickets have been sold out for some time, but keep an eye on Creation's website as auctions will likely be announced as we get closer to the convention. Also, we're really excited to learn that the Fan Geeks Party by Trek Geeks and Fansets has had a teaser dropped on Twitter that more information is coming this Wednesday, May 18th. Keep an eye open for this incredible event as it is a lot of fun. Uh, The best way to get more information is to visit at Trek Geeks on Twitter. Our show today was inspired by a tweet by one of our guests and friend of the show, Heather Ray, who after Mission Chicago said in a tweet, absolute candor. There are people I know on Twitter who I recognize at Star Trek Mission Chicago, but I was too shy or intimidated to introduce myself to. Happens to all of us. When I saw this tweet, my first response was to think, yes, this definitely happened to me. I know it happened. I know people that we talk to daily on Twitter and just was terrified to walk up to for whatever reason. Um, So I know that if it happens to the two of us, it's happened to others as well. Um, So to look at this and other convention-induced anxiety, I'm excited to welcome to the show two guests. Um, The first is Heather Ray. Heather, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here and revisit this this subject um, with with someone with expertise. Love it. (laughs) Um, And our second guest creates mental health and psychology media that is fun, easy to understand, and free to all. Through YouTube, he teaches a global audience how to use psychological science to achieve their goals. He holds a BA from the University of California, Los Angeles, where he majored in psychology and minored in Asian American studies. He received his PhD in clinical psychology from the Catholic University of America in Washington, DC. We are very excited to welcome to the podcast, Dr. Ali Matu. Thank you for being here. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think what... um... It's funny you you read that bio because for me, it's like, well, the very first thing should be like Star Trek inspired me to become a psychologist. <laughs> but that that's on me because I didn't put that in the bio. But um, I feel like this is a coming together of all these things that I'm passionate about. So I'm super excited to have this conversation. We're excited to have you. So the first question we have to ask, obviously, is are you a Trekkie? Have you been to Star Trek conventions before? Oh my gosh, do I have a story to tell you? Um, I was, my first Star Trek convention, I think I was in third or fourth grade. It was right around when Star Trek Generations was about to come out. And um, this was in San Jose, California, where I grew up. Uh, Leonard Nimoy was headlining one day and William Shatner was headlining the other day. I begged my parents to let me go and they didn't understand why I wanted to go, but uh, they they totally took me there. My dad's like, why aren't you, why don't you just watch the show? Why do you have to like go there? And I was like, I want to like meet the people. <laughs> like, you know, I want to meet, I want to pe- meet people like me and I want to see, I want to see Spock, right? So um, they dropped me off, gave me like 20 bucks 
and put me on my way, which is just, I guess, how you raise kids in the 90s. Um, but I had um, I had just gotten my glasses on. Um, I know all three of us wear glasses, so maybe you can relate to this. But I was incredibly insecure about my glasses. And I knew beyond these doors were like the coolest people in the world. And I deeply wanted to impress them. So I took off my glasses, put them in my pocket, and I went to the convention because uh, I didn't want anyone to think I'm a nerd because I'm wearing glasses. Um, and I could not, I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see anything that was like more than an arm's length away. So I saw Leonard Nimoy speak. I, I saw this blob moving around, but it couldn't see him. Um, that was my first Star Trek convention experience. I love that. So for most kids that age, I think it wouldn't be the glasses that would give you away as a nerd. It's being at a Star Trek convention. <laughs> I don't. I do like, you'd think I would connect the dots there. Um, no, no, I didn't. But yeah, I'm a big fan. I mean, Star Trek inspired me. Star Trek, Star Trek gave me hope that I could I could better myself. Like I, I love Barkley. I loved I love the diversity of the crew. I loved that um, humanity was working to better themselves. I mean, I was a socially anxious kid. So for me, seeing seeing that it's not your background or your flaws, your weaknesses that define you, it's how well you can work with the team and, and solve the problem and contribute. And everyone has a way to contribute. Every Your differences are what make you so amazing. Like that is a, a core message I keep coming back to to Star Trek. It, it super inspired me to do pretty much everything I've done. I love that. And Heather, tell us your Star Trek convention story. I know you've got quite a history with oh conventions gosh. as well. Yeah, so I used to go to conventions uh, when I managed a comic book shop. So it was like another realm. Uh, I went to MegaCon before it was Mega. Like that was my first big, <laughs> big convention. And it was not the MegaCon that it is today. Um, but back in 2009, when the, the first the Star Trek 2009 film came out, we got so excited that we're like, there has to be a Star Trek only convention. Like MegaCon is great. The big cons are wonderful, but I just want to be immersed in Trekkie world. And so we found the Star Trek Las Vegas convention hosted by Creation. And when in 2009, Leonard Nimoy was there, meeting him blew my mind. Thankfully, I could see him. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have your glasses on. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I went up and... Um, that that just the kindest man in the world that when we said you know thank you for being here he was like no thank you and it's always such a delight to have the actors recognize fans in that way it just makes us feel special I guess um it was just a very humbling moment and it stuck with me and so the next year I came back met Patrick Stewart could not shake his hand sadly uh, but that just kind of set off this journey of going to STLV pretty much consecutively up until what 2020 I missed uh or 20 whichever year that they had it but it was like the mini version um and then that led me to creating the short leave podcast which was very similar to this one um our friends Marina and Jesse are doing that one and we admin, Ron and I admin, along with Jesse and Marina, the unofficial Star Trek Experiences Facebook group. And it used to be the unofficial Star Trek Las Vegas group. So we would focus specifically on like organizing events 
for that convention. And now we've just kind of made it broader because there's so much more going on and anywhere that we can give fans a, a big safe space to connect, um, no matter what convention you're going to is really the plan uh, with a lot of focus on STLV still, because it's just a fixture in so many of our lives. Like I save up all year just to go to <laughs> STLV and now I have to save up just to go to STLV and the Star Trek missions. Um, <laughs> But it really, it helped me find my people. Um, I, I would not be me today. I would not be here today, like through the community. My life wound up being saved when I had to get out of a domestic violence situation. Um, no matter what, when I go through all the hard stuff, my convention family is there. And I really tried during the pandemic to grow communities out there that eventually will hopefully encourage people to come to conventions because it's it's different from being online like being online is great but going and meeting other trekkies in person and seeing how welcoming we truly are inclusive we truly are like you don't get the trolls at conventions at least they don't act like how they act online to your face um you know, we, we don't, for the most part, like bad things still definitely happen. Some people aren't as tolerant as they should be having watched Star Trek, but it's such a wonderful experience. It fills my cup. Like I am good for months and months and months afterwards because I'm just so filled with love. And I really want everyone to get to experience that, whether they have anxiety or neurotypical, um, no matter who you are, it can still be a wonderful place for you to go. And so like, that's why I'm really excited to tackle this topic today. Um, no matter the fact that I've been like front and center with a lot of events, I still get anxiety and I still get very shy and or intimidated seeing people from the interwebs and being like oh you know sometimes I'm ready to go in and be like hey I'm Heather Ray and other times I'm just like oh my gosh like I don't know if I could say hi to that person they're so cool like ah so you know, to, to some degree that I've never lost that feeling of both excitement and terror of, yeah. of convention <laughs> I, I've been on the other side I did um uh, with one of our friends here, uh, Larry Nemechek, I did a, a, a panel a long time ago that was about the psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars. And it was the first time I was doing a panel at a convention about Star Trek. And I was so terrified because I, I wanted to do right by the fans and I wanted to represent the fandom well. And I was so terrified people were going to ask me questions during the panel that I didn't have an answer to like I was like oh no they're gonna they're gonna see that TOS my knowledge of TOS is more limited than my knowledge knowledge of TNG um and it's um it, it, I think so many of us who participate in the convention world do get anxious and for a number of reasons and we get deeply excited and there's always a way to um, to navigate those things, which we're definitely going to dive into. Absolutely. So jumping right into that, let me ask you. So <laughs> it happened to Heather, happened to me. I think a lot of us too are probably, we're we consider ourselves introverted, you know, and mm -hmm. social media gives us the opportunity to be much more extroverted than we would be in a, in a room. Um, but you get into a room with 5,000 people, half of whom are wearing Star Trek costumes, you know it is a safe space. Like Heather said, you can walk up to anyone in that room, 
strike up a conversation, have a new friend, but the sheer terror of doing that. Um, so how do you do that? How do you get over that fear? How do you push yourself out of that, that shelter and actually go up and approach a stranger and say, Hey, my name is Ron. Let's talk Star Trek. Yeah, I think it's it's a number of things, and uh, I, I think one thing to recognize is um, you're talking about introversion and extroversion. I mean, a lot of that is about um, how quickly your battery is depleted. People who are more introvert, their their social battery is depleted faster than if you're extroverted. So I think I think part of this is like going into these experiences, knowing yourself a little bit like knowing what it feels like when your battery is getting low. Any convention you go to, whether you're going to um, Mission Star Trek, you're going to Las Vegas Con, you're going to the Star Trek Cruise um, or San Diego Comic Con, these are really, uh, these are endurance experiences. Like they're long days. You're not eating the same way you normally would. You're not drinking the same way you normally would. You don't have your room and your home to kind of go back to and relax. So you have to really know when when your energy is getting low and what are the kind of things that build it back up. Um, I mean, Heather, I see you nodding. I'm, I'm guessing this is kind of something something you've <laughs> yeah, experienced before. It is. And, you know, for me, it's because I have multiple issues that I deal with. I have fibromyalgia, so I get flares in my body that are very painful and it's one reason I love STLV is because your room is there. If you stay there, and yeah, you can just yeah. go upstairs. But something that I work towards developing both for myself and as advice to others is to definitely like once you get to the place that you're going, look for safe spaces that like quiet rooms. Um, Star Trek Mission Chicago had a quiet room upstairs, so you, you had to find it. But if you need somewhere to just go and be able to sit down without being around so many people, because for me, even just standing there zaps my energy. Like I don't have to interact. Just the, the act of being amongst all those people is just slowly like pulling it out of me. So it's really helpful to be able to, even if it's not my room, just a quiet room or a corner in the convention where there are just less people and I love to take my headphones because um, I can pop in and listen to some music, whatever kind of music you like. And that can help me kind of like recenter myself uh, and recharge for a little bit. Uh, my, 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 what's the board? Recharge. Ah, why can't I think of the Borg recharging station name? Regenerate. Regenerate. Uh, yes. The alcove. The yes. Yes. Find, find a regeneration alcove. Uh, oh, I love scout, it. Yeah, scout that out beforehand so that you've got that place to go to. Um, and that's been really helpful for me. Yeah, and I think what what um what engages your your what charges your battery and what drains it is gonna be different for everyone, but you, mm -hmm. you gotta know what it is for you. Like um I will I'm I'm the kind of person who who will physically push my, myself a lot and I won't realize it until probably the next day. And so one of the ways that it really impacts me is like all the walking, especially in the mm -hmm. big convention ones. Yeah. Um I've, uh, I, it's pretty well treated, but I've got plantar fasciitis, like my feet are like super flat. And so when I walk a lot, it really hurts like the next yeah. day. So those are like, you just kind of have to know, like, what are the things that, that 
you know, drain your battery? And what are the things that like, you know, reanimate your dilithium crystals there? <laughs> um, but I think for, for everyone, like the basics of getting the amount of food that you need, staying yes. hydrated yes, mm-hmm. and, and like getting sleep, like yes. those are, and, and like the quiet time, whatever your version of it is, whether mm-hmm. it's like playing a little bit of on your Nintendo switch, like listening to music, going and unplugging in a quiet room or your room, or just like going to a panel or presentation where you can just kind of relax, zone out. You don't have to do like, these are very overwhelming situations, overwhelming amounts of people. It's exciting. It's draining. There's a lot of like not so healthy food that is kind of your only option. Yeah. So planning mm-hmm. ahead for the basics as much as you can is, is I think how we should all kind of go into these experiences. Like nowadays I'll bring a lot of my own snacks with me, my yeah. own water. And um, we haven't even got into like how overwhelming the schedule is, but like <laughs> knowing what your must haves are, like I try to have, yeah my morning must have and my afternoon must have and everything else is like a bonus if I'm able to get to it. Yeah. That's a great point. Like sitting down. And I mean, it's, it's unfortunate for the conventions where the schedule comes out a week beforehand, Right. Uh, but Hey, at least you've got a week to sit down and try to figure things out because just the, the looming, Knowing all those things that are happening, and this happened to me at, at Star Trek Mission Chicago, uh, because a lot of like the autographs and the photo ops were the same days in these panels, and I had to just make the choice of, okay, the, the photo ops are more important to me. That's what I'm going to focus on. That was like the most stressful thing to do on Saturday. Uh, but <laughs> um, knowing that I had that plan and that I had already said, you know what, if I miss something, it's fine. Like I missed the drag show at Star Trek missions, which I was so, I, I feel ashamed to admit it. I was so excited, but <laughs> it, it just so didn't bad. work out. Yeah. It just, it just didn't work out. I was nonstop. And I knew that I needed a break. Um, And for me, it's basically, I commit to the convention. I go in again, kind of knowing, knowing what I need, knowing how I need to recharge, where I need to rest. It's not smart to stay up until, you know, 4am drinking, which I'm 40 now. I don't do that anymore. But (laughs) my biggest thing is I kind of give my all and then I take as many days off afterwards as I can, (laughs) because that's when it sets in for me. Like I might have a fibro flare or soreness while I'm at the convention, but it's when I get home and my body is just starting to be like, Oh, what did you do? (laughs) And so not everybody has that opportunity, which is, it kills me that, that we don't have that kind of access to be able to take time from our jobs. I own my own business, so I'm able to do that but I lose my income for the whole week because of it. Um, It's a sacrifice I make because it's just Star Trek conventions are the best thing ever. So worth it. (laughs) I find too, it's uh, it it can be a challenge to say no. And that wasn't something that came up at mission Chicago so much in Vegas. There are events from sunrise to sundown sundown. I mean, it's, it's nonstop and it's very easy as an introvert or as someone who needs to recharge that battery to overextend yourself and not have that chance to recharge. So I find you know, personally, I like to take meals by myself. That's my chance to play at my phone, catch up with family back home. Um, and it can be such a challenge to say no. Um, so Dr. Matu, what are some suggestions on ways to say no and not feel guilty about it? 
I think, you know, we're in these conventions for yeah. a week, a limited amount of time. We want to do it all. Yeah. Well, it that's a Kobayashi Maru, right? <laughs> like it's, it is a no win scenario. If you go in trying to do everything, like you will be disappointed and you can't quite uh, hack the system um, and cheat on the test like, like Kirk did. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you, maybe, maybe if you've got one of those uh, fancy um, time crystals, the Klingon time crystal, maybe you can kind of go back in time. Um, but yeah, I think going it like accept coming to terms with that, like there's no way you can do everything at a super small convention. Maybe you can like there, there are some cool regional ones where um, there's like one thing going on and then there's the the dealer room or exhibit hall and, and you can kind of do all of that and, and feel like you're not really missing out on anything. Um, but I think it's it's being honest with yourself that it's OK not to do everything. And the first person you're probably saying no to is, is yourself. Um, and um, the, like, we're talking about introverts here, but this, this can also really happen to extroverts. You get, you get drawn into the social so much that you might be overextending yourself as well and staying out till 4am and all of that. <laughs> um, so I think, um, I think how to say no is um, saying no to yourself and coming to terms with what's realistic and what's not. And then if you're at these events and you know you have people that are inviting you to different things, like know how much, um, just it, it's really about like knowing what your limits are. And if you if if you want to stay out longer, but you know you've got um, something that you want to make sure you you hit in the morning. Um, being okay with saying, "I've had a lot of fun. I'd love to stay out longer. Um, I know if I don't get some rest, I'm going to miss this thing in the morning. Maybe yeah. we can catch up again mm -hmm. later that day. Something like that. Like that's okay. Um, it's absolutely okay. Okay to do that. I like to say okay. boundaries are good. <laughs> like yeah. I, I struggle with setting those boundaries for myself and something like for me, because I had done the podcast and just really do my best to make a welcoming community. A lot of people do recognize me uh, sometimes before I recognize who they are and <laughs> will approach me in the hallways and stop. And sometimes it just gets to be too much and I don't get time to do what I need to do. And so I've gotten into the habit of like, oh, the sci-fi drive-by, like, I'll talk to you soon. I'll see you again. Like I'm, you know, I'm going somewhere. Uh, and except the fact that that might be the most that I get to see that person, the whole convention. Um, and that's okay. Because as we've said, there's never enough time. And so like, I personally give myself these little reminders or like a daily mantra in the morning to be like, it's okay to not do things like it's okay to say no, it's okay to keep going and just reinforce that for myself. Um, which for some people may feel weird or different, but trust me, like it helps because you're saying it out loud to yourself and boundaries are something that we have to have as people in general to live our best lives. So it's a great opportunity to practice setting those boundaries. I think. I love that Heather. And, um, like boundaries are often the things that help us to feel safer uh, mm -hmm. in our relationships and in, in these connections we have with other people. Like the, the thing I get really, the thing that I struggle with is like the, the 
post-panel discussion, um, like walking outside the door, having a conversation with someone, I can just kind of get stuck in that for a long time. Because that's probably one of my favorite things about conventions is the random conversations (laughs) I have about Star Trek with random other people that I may or may not ever see again. But that 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 is just like that's like one of my favorite all time convention hacks is you're standing in line with someone. Well, you both love the thing that you're standing in line for, whether it's meeting a person, a panel like talk, if you can if you're in a place that you want to and you're feeling courageous enough to strike up a conversation with someone in line, like you're probably going to have a cool conversation mm-hmm. uh, like that's one of my favorite things to do but then it's very hard for me to exit that I get stuck in it um so yeah having those boundaries because you can um if you don't you can get pulled into an experience that might be outside of those must-haves or might get in the way of you doing those must-haves that that you really want to um and and like Heather was saying like uh having a mantra I think like practicing out or even writing down um like what to say in these situations in advance can really help. Sometimes anxiety, a lot of times anxiety really narrows your, your vision and it makes it hard for you to think on the fly. But if you have it written out or if you've practiced in advance, I can really help a lot. Also a good tip for if you're excited about meeting someone and also overwhelmed and nervous about it, which we should probably talk about too, because I think that comes up with both, the actors, as well as other people in the fandom. Mm-hmm. That leads right into my next question. I know I had an interaction with Alexander Siddig at Mission Chicago, amazing human being, so nice. And I had planned out exactly what I was going to say to him. I got to his booth and I love you. That's all that came out. And you know, he was so gracious and so understanding. And if you look at this, this picture I got with him, I have the biggest grin on my face and you know, for a lot of people, we're meeting these folks that have been on our our bucket list to meet since we were kids. You know, what what advice do you have for going into those interactions and walking away and not feeling silly that I just confessed my love to Dr. Bashir? <laughs> uh, well, one thing I would say is I would remind yourself, probably a lot of people have confessed their love to Dr. <laughs> Bashir a lot. <laughs> but Heather, I want to turn it to you first, since I think you you freshly have gone through this experience. It's been a while since I've been at a con uh, with the pandemic, but uh, I've got thoughts, but I, I'd love to hear yours first. Well, I'm just going to say, I think at some point you have to accept that you might not be like the best version of yourself that you envision, because a lot of that, like you can't necessarily control. Sure. You can do things like take some deep, deep breathing before you're in line, um, uh, do some grounding practices, but the same thing happened with me with Ethan Peck in 2019, where I went up and I don't know what I said, except I got to the part where I said I was a little crazy about Star Trek. And then I was like, oh, God, how does that sound like that? And so, like, to me, it's a great story I could tell other people because we all do this kind of stuff. Like, we're only human. There's only so much you can do. And so I just try to be very forgiving (laughs) Um, that those experiences might happen But aside from that, I do my best to remember that they are people just like us. Um, They're going to be very accepting and forgiving of you as well. So I, you know, ultimately, if you do say something that you feel is silly, 
they're they're not going to care. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to be like, oh, that girl in line. Like, eh. It's it's not a big deal. And so just lots of kindness to yourself and acceptance and forgiveness because we're all only human. But yeah, deep yeah. breaths too. Yeah, uh, you can't go wrong with that. Um, I think it's it's important to remember like what's happening here. And I, I don't think this gets talked about a lot with conventions, but your your brain is really confused in that moment. So um, you we, we develop what's called parasocial relationships, which really just means we have real relationships with people we've never met before in real life or fictional people. And in the case of um, Star Trek conventions, we're having experiences with both. The actor who's played someone who we really love or admire or respect or had a had an impact on our on our lives in a, a positive way. Um, so you, you're meeting both the character of Worf, but you're also meeting the actor, Michael Dorn. And um, your brain recognizes them and it feels, your brain thinks that it like knows them because they've been in your life for so long. They've been in your living room. You recognize them, you know them, you know so much about their lives, both, again, the character of Worf, but also the, um, the actor behind the scenes. Um, so your, your brain thinks that it knows these people and it recognizes them. At the same time, you've never met them before. <laughs> you And so there's that, there's the familiarity combined with the anxiety and the excitement. So the anxiety of you've actually never met this person, but your brain is sort of misfiring because it recognizes them. Um, and uh, both the excitement that this is a limited opportunity that you have to connect with someone who really means a lot to you. So that's why I think we, we so often are confused and we end up not saying the thing we want to say. Uh, I remember... Um, Remember at an official Star Trek convention I went to in the mid 2000s, Avery Brooks was there and he um, he's not often at Star Trek conventions. He's a hard, hard person to, to see in person. And I remember I had this really fancy question, thoughtful question about Deep Space Nine, like my favorite Star Trek series. So meaningful. I think it's like the other side of the coin of TNG. They work so well together, all that stuff. Right. I was going to say this thing. And uh, when I got up to the mic, all I remember saying is, uh, Mr. Brooks, you are my favorite Star Trek captain. <laughs> and then I just remember him saying, I really should do this more often. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> so um, as Heather was saying, this happens a lot. They're professionals. They've, they've definitely signed up for this experience. Um, so forgive yourself and be be very comfortable with yourself making probably what you will think is a fool of yourself, but probably not. Um, yeah. If it is hard, if it is hard for you, like if you're experiencing a really intense emotion, like can do you have a number one? Do you have some friend yeah. who can help you? If you don't, is there someone in the line that you feel comfortable talking to and saying, I'm, I'm really nervous. I'm really overwhelmed. Would you mind like standing with me? Or would you mind doing this thing that would make me feel more comfortable? Would you mind going first? Or like, yeah. you know, is, is, can you have, can you turn it 
from like a solo adventure to an away mission. Like, can you get some support here um, from from other people? Okay, if you're if you're overwhelmed and you don't know what to say, write it out before. Mm -hmm. Um, That's totally cool. Like anything that's going to help you to be there in that moment. And if you don't end up saying something you want to say, that's okay too. Like, again, think about it beforehand. What do you want to get out of this? Do you want to just express gratitude? Do you want um, to take that photo? Do you want to um, ask them something? Like, make a plan for it in advance as much as you can. Write it out or practice and go with someone who's going to help. And, and again, do those things in the line that do help you to stay grounded, whatever it might be. And might be breathing for some people. It might be looking at pictures of cute dogs. Like, whatever helps you in that moment, that's okay. And I think too, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like that could also apply to the friends that we have on social media that we have not met in person. We have, we understand who they are through their personas that they present through social media, which as we know, isn't always necessarily who we're actually interacting with face to face. Um, So I think that level of forgiveness goes so far with that as well. When you meet people that you know online. Yeah. Oh, oh, totally. I will totally, I will say like, as my experience from being on the podcast and adminning and everything, again, people recognize me before I might recognize them. A lot of people tell me I couldn't come say hi to you because I was so intimidated because I don't like the fans as celebrities, whatever, but I get that um, there's a knowledge of someone from them being on a podcast or producing content in some way. I don't buy, like, I... <laughs> I, I, I know that a lot of the biggest setbacks for people have been, oh, you're always with someone, which yes, I do that typically for my, my own comfort and safety. Um, don't let that be a deterrent. Totally get how it could be. Uh, but ultimately, I don't, I don't care. Like, I just want to meet you. I'm not judging you when I meet you. Um, and I think if you're truly having a problem going up to people, then seek out events and not every, not every convention does this. I highly recommend going onto your choice of social media that has any kind of group function and finding a group that's already established that can kind of, you could ask questions leading up to the convention and you can find out about events. Like we have our newbies and solo travelers night uh, which Jesse has been hosting for a long time. And that's basically for everyone who is there by themselves or shy or just wants to meet people. Um, I have heard even at those events, depending on where they are, and a lot of times they're at bars just because like in Vegas, that's what's open. Um, I think it is helpful for event organizers to also remember like to reach out to people because there still will be people who either don't feel safe approaching that group um, and need that help or like they're just they're just kind of lost. And I want to help anybody who's ever lost. So there are there are groups out there and people willing to help you. There are a lot of like LA away team and there's a New York away team and now there's little away teams all over the US at least that you could look for stuff like that. But I, I think that that helps and having an, a known group that you know is welcoming, that's there for you. Uh, but ultimately I do think like it does take not necessarily a self-confidence, but sometimes we have to force ourselves to go out there. Like you have to face that fear sometimes and just, 
you know, use your best judgment. And if you have an interaction that doesn't feel comfortable for you, take time to, to, to process that, but don't just leave, like try it again, because, you know, maybe 0.5 people out of 10 (laughs) is that kind of interaction. Most of the people that you talk to are going to be kind and friendly and welcoming and you will have a positive experience. But I think like you do have to put yourself out there, but it's also fair um, to have people already in those roles, make sure that they're reaching out to new fans as well. Yeah, I um, 100% agree. And I I think if you're um, finding uh, finding a group to go to is is really fantastic advice because it it does um, like these are overwhelming experiences. But if you've been to a bunch of them, then you you kind of know how to navigate it. You know, um, oh yeah, definitely like this person is going to be like will love to talk to you. This and that, blah blah blah. Um, or that person's eating dinner. Please give them their space. Yeah. Like. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. do not approach George Takei right now. <laughs> like he's just trying to have a bite. Um, so uh, going with a group where um, you're connected with people who are more veterans is, is a really great idea. Um, again, like turn it into an away mission. Uh, the other thing, if you're new, uh, if you can go go to the experiences where it's it's very easy to talk to other people. Maybe like now we're talking about people who host podcasts or like other people in the fandom that you'd like to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're doing a table event, that's great because yeah. that is designed for you to meet them. And they're there because they want to talk to other people. Um, it's super anxiety provoking to go up to a person that you kind of recognize, but maybe you don't. Again, that pair social relationship stuff your mind is kind of misfiring but also just to approach someone and like nowadays too if someone's wearing a mask you're like is that them like you're looking up their profile pic and you're trying to like understand like it's it's really weird and awkward so if there is someone like that and they don't have an event or an or a um a meet and greet thing um, DM them or message them on social media and see like, hey, I thought I saw you, but I wasn't sure. Are you at this convention? Would love to say hi if you are. Um, or if you know they're going to a convention, you can also message them in advance and say like, hey, I'd love to uh, get coffee with you. I really love what you're doing. I just want to uh, say hi and say thanks or something like that. Like Those are also other ways to deal with this. And this gets back to Ron, something you were saying about like, just go easy on yourself. Cause most of us haven't been, I haven't been in a, in a convention since the pandemic. Um, I'm going to be rusty the next time I'm there just socially and stuff. And, and like, I have a really hard time recognizing people with masks. I have a very hard time with that. Um, I don't, the, the other day, my, my neighbor's uh, brother-in-law, was was over um in the front lawn of of their home and i i didn't i couldn't tell it was him because i'd never seen him without his mask before so it's just you know it's a weird time it's really and that's something that's something that's been mentioned in the facebook groups before and it's always good advice if you're listening to this before a convention change your profile picture to an actual picture Mm -hmm. of your beautiful face you know a lot of us had the lower decks um 
cartoonish versions <laughs> of us when the show came on or it's easy to change that up but by having a picture it makes it much easier to recognize because I, I I fear I suffer from face blindness and that mm. I can meet you I can chat with you and 10 minutes later I'm not going to recognize you I just that's my brain doesn't work that way um, but talking about masks you know being in a post-pandemic world, everything is a little bit different as well. Everybody's still a little bit cautious. When you do see somebody, even somebody that you know and haven't seen for two or three years because it's been so long, there's that momentary awkwardness of, are we shaking hands? Are we hugging? Right. Are we standing six feet away? So I think it's recognizing that there will be that awkwardness too, forgiving yourself ahead of time and just jumping into it. Yeah, and we don't know what, people's comfort levels are and we don't know who is immune compromised uh you know my cousin um my cousin's gotten every single shot of the of the vaccine um she's had her boosters but she has a uh an immune compromised condition that really is preventing her body from forming any antibodies but like you would never be able to tell this yeah. from from knowing her or from looking at her so being respectful and knowing that people have different risk levels and, and comfort levels and trying to start, I would start with the more conservative six feet apart, like, and then kind of see what the other person's comfortable with. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and this goes for even people that, you know, and that you've, mm -hmm. you've met many times. Cause a lot has changed in two years. Yeah. Heather, what was that like? <laughs> I'm, I'm so curious what that was like at, at mission Chicago. Well and so to me, and Ron, you can add since we were there to, well, we were both there. So the first day, most people were wearing masks. I would, I feel like it might've been 50, 50, um, mm -hmm. or a little higher with the mask wearing. Like I definitely wore my mask that day. Um, and I did okay. And I, I kind of would keep distance. And then if it was someone that I, like a lot of people were already coming at you for the hug. I just tend to throw out for general convention advice to keep that distance to really kind of gauge what the other person is doing and to ask, hey, can I hug you? Would you like a fist bump? Just ask. Um, or a Vulcan. Yeah, so I, I like to do sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then by the next day, there were less masks. And then by Sunday, I think there were even less um, because a lot of people just felt very comfortable. And unfortunately, a lot of people got COVID at this convention. Uh, and there were people that I hugged uh, a lot. There was a lot of hugging and I love you this year for me, like returning <laughs> back. Um, somehow I, I did not get it. I tested positive or I tested negative uh, multiple times. I had no symptoms or anything. Uh, and yet people that I was physically touching were, were positive. And so at that point, I think it's just a matter of personal immunity and whatever, whatever else is going on. It seems like it's like, here, you get COVID, you don't get COVID, you get COVID and you get COVID. Um, unfortunately, nobody got extremely ill that I'm aware of. But I do know that there were friends of mine who were fully masked every day at the convention and only interacting with other fully masked people. And again, I think that's a great boundary um, that those people set for themselves and their comfort level. And it did make me sad. Like I didn't get to, to go up and see my friend because I didn't realize it at the time. But after they talked about it, I was like, that was really smart. And I respect that. Um, and of course, like I did keep my distance because I could kind of tell like that they weren't wanting to make that approach. 
if I could tell, like they were in a mask and being like, hey, and interacting and welcome, then I was like, okay, let me grab my mask and put it on. Um, but overall, I, I was surprised at how, how recognizable people still were for me for the most part. It was just really anyone from social media. And so I know that at least on Twitter, a lot of us made little tags with our profile picture and our name, like mm. our handle, uh, and had that somewhere on our our lanyard or whatnot so that you can be like, oh, you're that person. Okay, hi. Um, <laughs> and that was super helpful I, for a lot of people. Um, I don't know, Ron, what do you, what, what was your experience? Similar. I mean, it, it felt like it was all over the place. Definitely by the end, I think people were much more comfortable than they were in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. I had seen a Facebook post that really resonated and that's that, you know, we all just came out of this pandemic. This was the first real Star Trek convention post pandemic and extroverts are still learning how to socialize again. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I went to STLV last summer in August and that was you know, COVID was very much a real thing. Masks were mandatory indoors. Um, one of the greatest things we had at that convention, Lambda Quadrant had wristbands and they were three different colors, green, yellow, red. Green meant, give me a hug. I'm happy to see you. Yellow meant, I'm happy to see you, but let's fist bump. And red was, I'm happy to see you, but let's keep a little bit of distance. Um, and I think that was nice because it's something where you see somebody and immediately, you know how comfortable they are. You're able to, to resonate with that. Um, but yeah, I think the interactions, it was good. It was much different than the Vegas convention. It was much more open. Mm-hmm. That, that wristband idea is um, such a great one that makes it like immediately clear how to socialize with the other person. I wish we had more stuff like that in society. Um, one thing I would encourage people to also think about is... Um, Again, like everyone has a different risk level that they're comfortable with, and it might be because of your own health, the health of your family members, your household, roommates, all that sort of stuff. So um, depending on that, also have a post-convention plan. Um, Heather, you were kind of talking about how a lot of this stuff hits you after the convention, but especially with COVID, you want to think about, are there vulnerable people in your home? Do you have a possible quarantine plan for yourself until you do safely test negative and you're you're in the clear. Uh, I think that's something that a lot of people are thinking about testing and masking and distance and comfort levels when they're on a trip, but you have to factor mm-hmm. in those like three to five days when you come back, when things can be incubating, mm-hmm. depending on, again, depending on your level of comfort and what's going on in your home. Yeah. So speaking I, of, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that I'm, I'm lucky with owning my business and I do pet care. So I'm in clients' homes typically when they are not that I I'm lucky that I was still able to really, aside from like being around my husband who's had COVID, like he was like, whatever I was able to isolate from the general public from, for that time, which definitely made me feel more confident despite testing negative or not having symptoms. Like you still don't know. And I know that even with the at-home test, like there's still a, there's still a possibility that I could have been infected and just had negative home tests and no symptoms. Um, so again, I just, I really do feel for the people that, that can't take that advantage. Um, and I think in this time, one thing I like to throw out there, I don't love the word grace. I guess it's like 
allowance is a similar word where you, you just have to really be kind and accepting of everyone's circumstances um, and, and give them a little bit of the leeway that we're all human beings going through this at the same time. We're all different. We must celebrate those differences and the different um, circumstances that we're experiencing. It's all about it. Yeah, absolutely. So the last question I'm asking, we talked about, you know, after the convention dealing with, with COVID situations, but I think a lot of us too come home and experience the post-con blues where you mm. had this high, you've been around so many fans, so much Star Trek, it, it feels great. You get home and it's going to be a year until we get to do this again. You know, fortunately now we have more <laughs> than one convention a year, but what are, what's some advice you can give people to get back and find themselves in a slump just after being on that high? I mean, you gotta, you gotta find the parts of the convention experience that you loved that you can continue year round. Like whether it's finding the right conversation, I think that's really tricky right now. It's both so many opportunities there's so many podcasts, so many conversations, so many tweets, so many Facebook groups. Um, some can, can just really quickly this, you know that episode of TNG um, where every everyone like de-evolves? Um, Genesis, I think, like, Bar- I think? Genesis, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't worry. It Barclay. doesn't matter if you know everything. It doesn't right, matter. Right, right. I got lucky there. <laughs> all I, all, I'm just having the image of Barkley becoming a spider, I think. Yeah. And like Riker becomes like a, like a ape or something. I don't know. Um, I feel like a lot of conversations around Star Trek, at least the more viral ones on Twitter, can feel like that. Like, yeah. well, you know, this new Star Trek show is nothing like this old Star Trek show, and therefore it's horrible. There's a lot of that, and that's not what you want. But you want to find the kind of conversations that that you want to participate in and that fill your bucket. And I guarantee those exist and those communities are out there. Um, Alexander Sadig you know, runs yes. uh, the mm-hmm. Sin City, Sin right? City. Um, yep. Sin City, um, a wonderful group that if you if you appreciate him, you will like you will mm-hmm. you will love this. It's it's a very just good good stuff. There's finding that aspect of the convention that you love and continuing to to keep it in your life is is that's how you do it. Perfect. Yeah. I know for me that having those connections online, like it it makes the the convention year long because of those interactions. And yes, again, boundaries for the the crowd. Like I just block people, Um, but that definitely helps. And then I just focus on self-care and the other things at home that, that make me feel good or happy, like going for a walk or exercise. That's just for me what works. But, you know, here I am in this Star Trek mecca of an office that you guys can see. Um, So (laughs) I try to keep Star Trek around me and then it's, you know, in my pocket or whatever as well. And for me, Star Trek has really become, I I didn't grow up with Star Trek as a child. Like it was something for nerds, I was told, and for boys, I was told, Um, or, or got those messages, you know? And so I didn't find it until I was an adult and I will never let go of it. I love Star Trek so much and I love the people who love it. Um, people like both of you are what really keeps me in this community. Um, 
And I do believe that despite the bad conversations and stuff out there, that Star Trek fans are still some of the best examples of humanity that, that there are. Uh, and I can think of no, no better place to spend my time and energy than with everyone here. Well, thank you so much both for joining me this afternoon. Um, this has been very helpful. Hopefully a lot of people get a lot out of this. Um, since this is all about conventions and community and conversation, if people want to keep in touch and, and see you guys at the next convention, how can they follow you and keep in touch on social media? Uh, Heather. Uh, so I am at BatLethBabe on Twitter and Instagram. And as I said, Ron and I moderate help moderate the uh, Star Trek Convention Experiences group. And then you can also find a couple other groups on Twitter and Discord called the LLAP Collective. Um, and those are moderated, safe, welcoming spaces for everyone. Basically, you are welcome until you make others feel unwelcome. Um, and so I'm out there doing all those things. I would love for anyone listening to come join us. Fantastic. Thank you. And Dr. Matu, how can people keep in touch? Yeah, I am at Ali Matu on uh, social media. So Twitter, Instagram is usually where I'm hanging out. Uh, my YouTube channel is The Psych Show on YouTube, where I make uh, psychology fun and easy to understand. And then for two years, we recently wrapped up. But my friend uh, Larry Nemechek and I, we did a... Um, a Star Trek mental health live stream um, every Saturday. Our, our The idea was we were going to do this for the duration of the pandemic. And then it just didn't end, did it? So we kept it going as long as possible. But you can find uh, back episodes of that on whatever podcast you like. Just look up uh, Life Support Live and you'll get, uh, you'll get those episodes. Um, so a lot of good Star Trek mental health stuff there. Fantastic. Well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. And we hope to see you again on the next ConPod.